Star Wars 7x7 episode 2134. Why ever did they bring Maul back in the Clone Wars? Also, how many different Stormtrooper types are there? And also, what are Star Wars characters doing during quarantine? These are questions that are going to get answered today on the show. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. Today, we've got a couple more questions submitted by patrons of the show. I'm so grateful to the patrons who submitted questions, and to all the patrons who support me and Star Wars 7x7, bringing you this daily dose of joy. As of this date, the podcast has been downloaded in more than 150 countries, which is so strange and crazy, and... I, you know, I'm doing this for free. We'll continue to do this for free. You can subscribe for free on YouTube or whatever your favorite podcast app is. But if you value what I do, and there are a raft of people who do, I'm so grateful to them for supporting me and putting this out and all the time that I put in it on a daily basis to bring it to you. So if it ever occurs to you, you're not yet a patron and you'd like to support what I'm doing here, then I hope you will check out patreon.com slash SW7X7. That's P-A-T. R-E-O-N.com slash SW7X7. And now for our topics under consideration today. This first one comes from Pamela Johnson. She says, I really love Darth Maul as a villain, but was okay with his fate in The Phantom Menace. Why do you suppose that they chose to bring him back? I have to admit that it was that story arc that led me to stop watching Clone Wars originally. I'm sure that I'm in the minority on this, but why do you think that they didn't just leave him dead and explore his story in other forms, i.e. comics or novels? Well, Pamela, I have to say that if you are in fact in the minority, I'm kind of there with you in the sense that when I heard that they were bringing him back, I was like, why? This is so weird. And I pretty well thought he was dead. At the time, there was a piece in Entertainment Weekly written by Christian Blavelt, actually. He was writing for them at the time. He's the guy who wrote the Be More books, for example. Be More Yoda, Be More Vader, Be More Lando, Be More Leia. I interviewed him on the podcast, actually, toward the end of last year. Anyway, he did a story for Entertainment Weekly, and he said this about, you know, Maul and also interspersing interviews with Dave Filoni, um, saying, if you're George Lucas and realize with hindsight that killing off the prequel trilogy's coolest villain at the end of episode one was a big mistake. Filoni even tells EW that, quote, we created Savage Opress in season three because of the lack of Darth Maul. And later on in the article, uh, Filoni says, I told George that I found it pretty funny in The Phantom Menace when Darth Maul got cut in half because I thought George was definitively saying to fans, there's no way this character is coming back. This is not a Boba Fett Sarlacc pit situation where on account of fan love, Boba Fett gets out of that thing any number of ways. I remember watching Phantom Menace sitting in the theater and thinking, aha, that character is not coming back. Flash forward 10 years and I'm the one to bring him back. So that gets us to part of the reasoning and Later on, so this was in 2012, the following year Sam Witwer, who is the voice of Darth Maul, did an interview where he talked about part of the purpose of having Darth Maul come back and he says, What's really fun to note is that Darth Maul, having survived his previous injuries, or grievous injuries I should say, plants the seed in Palpatine's head that maybe you don't give up on these guys so quickly. If they're dead or you think they've been killed, maybe they're not. 
Maybe they can survive. Maybe they can amount to something. That's something we need to see coming up. Sidious realizing that, that ultimately leads to Darth Vader. Now, that could be sort of a <laughs> headcanon situation, but I think it's reasonable and legitimate. And what my kids have told me, actually, by watching various videos of Star Wars-related stuff is that there were apparently better cybernetics available at the time that Vader lost his arm and legs and you know, got fried on Mustafar, but that Sidious particularly, specifically, made him wear lower grade cybernetics, older model cybernetics, because it would be more difficult, because it would be more painful, because it would frustrate him, because it would continue to stoke his anger. So thank you for that question, Pamela. I hope that answers it for you. Next up, we've got Jared Gorman, who says, other than aesthetic, are there fundamental differences between the generations of basic stormtroopers? And exactly how many different versions of trooper do we know about? So this one, I don't have the answer off the top of my head, or at least I didn't. So I went to that very trusted source, Wikipedia, and checked it out. Reading through the whole entry on stormtroopers in the canon right now, it does not appear that they're are any differences between the generations of basic stormtroopers. It talks about how, as the clones were aging out, they were replaced with stormtroopers, which were basically just humans that either were recruited or conscripted into the stormtrooper army. And that's pretty much all it says about it. As far as the armor goes, you would imagine that they would have had to make upgrades over time to the stormtrooper armor, but the Wikipedia article doesn't talk about anything like that. If it had been discussed in any stories, I imagine that it would have been flagged in there. But basically, they went from clone trooper armor to stormtrooper armor. And then from there, once the Galactic Concordance was signed in 5 ABY, the year after the Battle of Endor, the Stormtrooper Academies were shut down and nothing was ever done with them until the, I guess you could say the Remnant Stormtroopers were out there and we saw Stormtroopers in the Mandalorian, but man, did they look all beat up and whatnot. So it doesn't look like there was a new generation of armor there. As we know, however, the First Order arose and their armor was definitely a step up from what the Stormtroopers had. So I guess that would essentially count as another generation of Stormtrooper armor. So as far as we know, only really three, the Clone Trooper armor, then the regular Stormtrooper armor, and then the First Order Trooper armor. However, I will say that to the question of how many different Stormtrooper types have been identified, you know, that has changed with the you know advent of the new canon. It was more than 100 in Legends. There are already up to 35 different types in the current canon. And within those 35 different types, there are actually two that have subspecializations. So heavy weapons troopers, there are regular heavy weapons troopers, but there are also ones specific to sand, to snow, and to the shore, so shore troopers or coastal defender troopers as they are called sometimes, shore troopers for short. And then jump troopers also have a variety of specializations, particularly arctic jump troopers, desert jump troopers, and forest jump troopers. So I guess if you wanted to count the subspecializations in there, then we're at 41 different types of Stormtrooper right now. And I will put a link to the Stormtrooper Wikipedia page on the show notes for this post, so that way, if you want to check out all the different types, like Cave Troopers and Grenadiers and all sorts of other folks, then you can check that out. One last question, which comes from Tim McMahon, and he wants to know, how do you think your favorite Star Wars characters would pass their time if they were stuck at home due to a quarantine? This is good fun, and 
I felt like answering this a couple of different ways. I guess I believe Jedi characters would just be hanging out and meditating and wouldn't have any issue with the quarantine. I imagine that it would be the same for droids to some degree, that they would power down as much as possible if they were quarantining, but they would probably be put more into use to help keep society running. I imagine droids would be used as much as possible as essential workers and thrown into the workforce, which would be certainly convenient in terms of helping the sentient population stay safe and healthy. Meanwhile, smugglers and scoundrels and Sith, uh, that's odd, <laughs> all S's, would probably be doing things very similar to what they were already doing prior to the quarantine. Sith might be biding their time and raging privately and setting plans in motion and causing sort of havoc that can't be addressed by Jedi too readily. I'm sure Jedi would come out of quarantine and figure out a way to deal with it, but yeah, that's probably what Sith would be doing, imagining this as a time of peace, if you will, during the Galactic Empire period. I don't know, it would be a different story. Smugglers would probably be doing essentially what they were doing before quarantine, which is smuggling goods, but I have a feeling they would probably also be smuggling medical supplies during quarantine as well. They might get pressed into service doing something like that. And scoundrels would just be... <laughs> they couldn't hang out at the bar necessarily because bars would be closed and whatnot, but I imagine scoundrels would be doing something out in public and not social distancing and not wearing masks because... You know, they just don't care about such things. That's at least what I imagine. But I have to say, there is a fantastic video, and I have posted it to the Facebook page for Star Wars 7x7, where Tariq Trotter, who is part of The Roots, he goes by Black Thought as part of The Roots also. Uh, he did a video um, that was posted on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon's page where he raps about what characters from Anakin through Yoda are doing in quarantine. And this is just a little snippet of it. Star Wars characters are home for a while, so let's catch up with them now. Alphabetical style, ace for Admiral Akbar, the lobster looking guy, saying this is a trap, cause he can't go outside. And young Anakin thinks this quarantine is a pain, but he shouldn't go outside and he shouldn't be trained. And that's just a taste of it. Please go to facebook.com slash SW7X7 and check out the rest of the video there. And that is gonna do it for our patron Q&A session. This is overdue from questions that were submitted in April. So thank you again to Pamela, to Jared, to Tim for submitting those questions. Thank you again to Bobby and Peter, Leah, Samantha, and Emily for the questions that we discussed yesterday. Thank you to all the patrons who support this show and help me bring it to you on a daily basis, who have helped me bring it to more than 150 countries worldwide since we started in July of 2014. And that's gonna do it for this episode of the show as well. One last time, if you would like to support what I'm doing here to bring this Daily Dose of Star Wars joy to fans around the world, please go to patreon.com SW7X7. For now, it just remains for me to say, may the force be with you and may the curve be flattening for you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. <laughs>